For all of you who listen to Submersion and own an Android device, go to the Google Play Store and download the Podcast Republic app. It's a fantastic app that allows you to get all of your favorite podcasts directly on your Android device. I personally use the app and I love it. I can search for the podcast I want to listen to, select it as a favorite, and have it just a click away. Make sure to select Submersion as a favorite so you don't miss any of our new episodes. Again, the app is the Podcast Republic app, available on Android devices. Episode 104. Whoa. What? 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 You didn't like that, Whoa? I mean, you were prepared last week, and, and then uh, this week you come at it like that? I just felt like that's that's how I felt like doing it today. Is that a big deal? Kind of. Um, I guess. I mean, it counts. I mean, you said woo. Um, I did. So we'll, we'll give you credit. Oh, there we go. Yeah. I know who's back. Guess who's back. Back, back again. again. Guess Jason. who's back. Glad we're back. This, this is the first appearance formally redubbed. The gruesome twosome. Together, right? Yeah. Yeah. Together. Uh-huh. And things are going to get dirty now. Whoa. I know you uh, listened to this with your family in the past, but uh, put the kids to bed. And um, if you're at work, um, turn the volume down as low as it goes and put your, your headphones in and uh, buckle up. Or don't. Just let everybody hear it, right? <laughs> well, let them know yeah, what's going on. We're trying to get plays here. How sick you are for listening to this. Play this episode as your two weeks notice. And we, we should like note that. That, that if we get enough fan feedback about this, you know, the gruesome twosome, then maybe we're going to finally get that submersion after dark gruesome twosome style going. You know what I'm saying? A to Z. I know what you're saying. Yeah. I'm picking up what you're putting down. Speaking of, speaking of fan feedback, uh, on, a, on a serious note, I have been noticing a lot of uh, really nice super fans out there sharing feedback with us uh, across social media, and let me just say, it, it feels it feels awesome. Uh, it's, it's much appreciated to hear uh, that we've got listeners out there that are uh, enjoying the ride and uh, listening along, and um, we appreciate all the nice things you've uh, been saying all the f- feedback and um you know keep it up if you've got uh, anything you want to ask us on the air we'd, we'd love listener questions but um uh it makes it all worth it so we appreciate you yeah i also i i, I really appreciate all the bots out there kind of doing their thing <laughs> program to follow us uh program to download the podcast and make it seem like you're listening to us so a lot um, of those shout as well. out yeah arguably disproportionate number of those out there we we appreciate those bots as well one can only assume <laughs> great anyways uh and the think... yeah the 142 people from kenya that listened to our last episode we we love you thank you very much hey everybody yep. needs entertainment right yeah <laughs> got to man all right what's yep. been going okay. on okay I mean, I've Are been we waiting for something. No, I don't, I don't know. I haven't been uh, doing anything. I've been literally just waiting to record this episode for the last week. So I've been doing just yeah. sitting there. Just I've doing been sitting, nothing. In, sitting in my basement with my headphones on, waiting for you guys to join. <laughs> and we finally did. Yeah. That's how you got through those crawlers that you said you were saving, Jamie. Liar. I did save a crawler. I just forgot which crawler I was saving. Kyle. What's a crawler? 
Is it a growler? It's smaller than a growler. Oh. It's like what? 25.4 ounces or something that's like, like that. Single, like a wine that's bottle. like a single tall boy. Yes, it is, but much more expensive, Brom. Yeah, like, what's Dude, the, what's the... we should all be drinking Four Locos. That's all I'm saying. That would be wonderful, but I don't think we would even get over 20 minutes into this episode, right? Don't I oh, have to maybe we would. They're not we like would. they used to be, Kyle. They're not like they used to be. Oh, <laughs> I was going to say, we have to go say, back in time. We would get into it. Yeah, and then we would we would be listening to the episode for the first time after twenty minutes. Like, wow, that's what we said. All righty. Well, anybody else drinking four locos, doing anything? I'm drinking I'm, a polar seltzer water. Ooh, I'm drinking. I'm drinking some Merlot. What's that? Wow, I've never that heard of a, it. It's a red wine, Menage mm. a Trois Merlot. I don't know what that is. Red wine? Uh-huh. What's that? Uh, it's um, it's from fermented grapes. Mm, but what's red, it? Uh, red grapes. I got, are you saying a grape? What's that? Yeah, oh. like... Uh, Never heard really, of it. They're really small dive, fruits. Dive, 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 What began as an innocent conversation among friends would soon spiral out of control and later be referred to by future generations as the eighth wonder of the modern world. Mac East Studios takes you on the journey of your lifetime as your captains, the artist formerly known as Brahm, Jamie the Ointment, Kyle L. Capitan, and the gruesome twosome present Submersion. Okay. A little out of hand there with the grape talk, guys. So had to had to cut you off there, but that's what a good captain does. Yeah, got to put a stop to that type of stuff because we're here tonight to discuss something. Yeah, it may seem a little confusing to our listeners. They're going to be like, "Wait, did my phone automatically download the same episode that I just watched, listened to, like a, a, a week ago? What's going on?" I was going to say it'll be like that crash dive situation. Exactly. Because guess what? We're on the beach again. Oh, snap! Back on the beach! Got some new, got some newcomers to On the Beach, though, in the oh, form of the gruesome twosome. We'll have to see what they think about this, because us three, we have, you know, the 1959 classic to compare this to. And let's just jump forward to it, I guess. This is a 2000... TV miniseries slash, I don't know, they call it a movie also, but, and it's an Australian TV miniseries. What, uh, what Star- network was it, was it on? Cause I heard, uh, I heard some foul language. I had to, uh, put the earmuffs on. It was aired on Showtime. Showtime. Okay. Well, yeah, that makes sense. Showtime, Showtime miniseries. Okay. Mm-hmm. And it stars Armand Asante ah, as man. Commander Dwight Towers. Rachel Ward as Maura Davison, Brian Brown as Dr. Julian Osborne, Jacqueline McKenzie as Mary Davison Holmes, and Grant Bowler as Lieutenant Peter Holmes. Loved Brian Brown. Yeah, he's me he's too. Good. He's My married to spoiler He's married alert. to uh, Rachel Ward. Oh, really? And so that's why he was in the movie, I think, I, or why they both were in it. They 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 appear in a lot of movies together because yeah. they're married. Well, he did great. He was my favorite uh, favorite character again. 
Dr. Julian Osborne. Yeah, true. Uh, this was nominated for some Golden Globes in the U.S. Yep, including the aforementioned Rachel Ward, nominated for Best Actress in a Miniseries, and nominated for Best Miniseries. But it lost. Do we know what Still. it lost to? Um, what did it lose to? I'm forgetting. I had looked it up, but I am forgetting. Oh, at the well, moment. It, it was a travesty because On the Beach should have won. Um, the other thing is, I don't know if you guys wanted to talk about the director, but directed by Russell Mulcahy. Does anyone recognize that name? An Australian. Is anyone like, whoa, what? Russell Mulcahy? Uh, that's because he was the director of Highlander, the 1986 classic, and then directed Highlander 2, The Quickening. Uh, that's not where I thought you were going with that. And if, uh... If you want to see a movie that is just absolutely off the hook, find both the director's cut and the original theatrical release of <clears throat> Highlander 2 The Quickening. They're both terrible for different reasons. That's pretty amazing. Well, he also directed, upon looking at his IMDb page, Resident oh, yeah. Evil, Evil Extinction. Extinction. Yeah, that's right. Friend the of the one. show. Wait, he really did the Resident Evil film? He yep. did the third one, yep. And he also did Silent Trigger starring Dolph Lundgren. Oh, man. It's basically this Skyscraper, guy. but made back in 1996. The movie takes place in and around an unfinished city sky, skyscraper, the Algonquin. Now we're talking, man. Yeah. This sounds pretty darn good, huh? It does. But anyways, he had kind of an up and down career, but Highlander is really, 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 really good. Um, Highlander 2 is <laughs> one of the worst things I've ever seen, so... I never even saw the first well, one. So there no, can be only one, Jamie. That's right. Yeah. There's a lot of Highlanders now. I probably avoid all of them except the first one, it sounds like. I think that's probably the correct thing to do because really every Highlander is just remaking the first Highlander, but way worse. It's like a rule of thumb you can follow. If you're watching a Highlander, it's basically the first Highlander, but worse, unless it's gotcha. the first Highlander, in which case it's exactly the same. That's the first Highlander. You, are you picking up when I put it down? I, I got you. I, th I think you got so. It? Okay. I'm going to circle back a little bit here to uh, Golden Globe nominations that we talked about. The miniseries that won this year for, you know, the beat out on the beach is called Dirty Pictures starring oh, yeah. James Woods. James Woods. That's right. I saw that. James Woods. I always think of Family Guy with James Woods. How can you not, right? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I think it's, I think it's it might ooh, be our generation ooh, piece of type candy. of thing. Ooh, piece of candy. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's you just I can't like anytime I see him now I just think of him in Family Guy. It's, <laughs> it's almost like ruined him if I see him on screen. I'm like, great, here we go. Not the only thing that's ruined him, but that's okay. Well, I was thinking of James Woods earlier when I was preparing for my countdown. I saw a photo, a uh, still of a movie, and I'm like, oh, that's James Woods. Nope, it wasn't. It was Jeffrey Rush. Oh, interesting. Really? Yes, from The House on Haunted Hill. Looked like James no, Woods. I think you're mistaking him from uh, Pirates How Caribbean. House on Haunted Hill? Doesn't that have... Um um, the guy from Night at the Roxbury and Saturday Night Live. What's his name? Yeah, Chris Kattan. Chris Kattan. Chris Kattan. And he gets like eaten into a doorway or something. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. What? Yeah, I've Wait. seen that. The House on the Hill? 
House on Haunted 2019 movie? He opens a door and the, the, the house eats him. It's towards the end. Yeah. Yeah, 1999. Seriously. Oh, 99. Gotcha. Yep. We are way off topic. Anywho, (laughs) we're watching On the Beach. The other major difference between this film and the 1959 film is the running time. It's in color. The The run time. (laughs) No, I mean, the first one was was pretty long. I mean, 1959, two hours, 15 minute film. This one was like, crank it up. Let's get another hour on top of that guy. So this so was, was three it, hours long. I have a question, Jamie. Mm-hmm. Is was this originally planned as like that, um, like the miniseries, or was it always just a movie? And they're like, "Wow, it's way too long. Let's break no. it down." No, it was a miniseries. Okay. I'm not really sure where the cuts were though. When I was watching it, I didn't really see where necessarily one episode would end and the next one would have started. But I know I I was thinking that too. And I did have the DVD, and I couldn't really discern either. Yeah, where you would I try to think about up. it too. I was wondering if maybe the uh, the fa- the cup the family that drives off the cliff if that was maybe mm. the end of the first episode. Whoa, that would whoa, make whoa. sense because the it's a crazy scene that kind of ends very abruptly. Yeah, <laughs> the next one begins and it, and without really acknowledging anything you. about it. Yeah, it's it's lulling you into the sense that everything's going to be okay, and then it reminds you that nope, the world's going to shit. Uh, speaking of driving off a cliff, should we get started on this guy? Yes. I think we should, because we're pretty much off it right now. All right. So, <clears throat> the USS Charleston, a Los Angeles-class nuclear submarine, uh, is basically uh, dead in the water. Uh, a bunch of nuclear bombs have gone off, and we see Armand Asante kind of, I mean, he's sweating, he's real nervous, he's drinking water like a fish. Obviously, he's taking some kind of drugs. Um, we don't know what, what it is. But he is like just so anxious because they're about to go up to the surface and figure out whether the radiation is still there because they're on the verge of not making it and they need to find a port, a safe port to land in soon or else it's going to seem like the whole world is donezo as a result of a nuclear war. And, and they explain the whole reason for the nuclear war like in the title credits and that type of stuff. Basically, there was a giant standoff between the United States and China, and it did not end up very well. Did China, not. China invaded Taiwan. Which right. is a no-no. And Well, China would argue great. that's China, so they didn't invade anything. Right. Well, very true. I guess it depends where you're listening from. Right. So let's right. form your own you opinion. a listener from China. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so they get to the surface and they're like, take the measurement, come on, come on. And they find that it's low enough. Everything's looking pretty good. And they are super ecstatic. They're able to start looking, um, start trying to communicate. And so like the sonar person or the, the, the communication uh, officer, they're like, keep on seeing if you can't contact someone, uh, in the Northern hemisphere, but like get in contact with Melbourne. Uh, we're going to be heading down that way. Um, and everyone's kind of looking at each other even at that point because it's like obviously everyone's dead. <laughs> it's like northern hemisphere is gone. So don't worry about that one. And so um, they start to they head into port. Uh, everything's kind of weirdly still very military. Like they're even doing like the standing on top of the submarine as they head into port, even though the world has more or less ended. Um, and they arrive. And once again, they're, they're kind of greeted by the Navy and uh, incorporated in because it's the only submarine that's really around. And so uh, they're going to use the resources as they have them, um, kind of get everyone integrated and uh, use them as they uh, can see fit to help out 
the remaining civilization because more or less everything is about to <laughs> go to shit. I mean, they everyone's still pretty hopeful, but we see a bunch of graphics explaining that they are at best like two months away from being uh, radioactive and everyone dying in Melbourne. Probably. I mean, yeah, that, that is best case scenario. And before they even get there, the they do make contact with the Australian Navy, and they're like, "Hey, we need you to go pick up this guy." For oh, us. that's right, I forgot about that, Doctor Julian Osborne. And so then you cut on over to him; he's drinking, hanging out at his beach house, just slamming bottles of wine or whatever he's got. That was super weird. What was he doing on that island? Just partying. I think waiting until the out. end of days. Yeah, because he even yeah, made that comment: "This is a beautiful place to die," or something like that. How to get there? Nobody knows. Jet ski. Well, who knows? Was it an island? Jet ski, good idea. Or a shark. Rotor shark. Oh, now we're also talking. A, a solid, solid theory. Yeah, so they go in and they basically arrest him in order to get him to go back to Australia. He's, I mean, similar to the um, the original, he's kind of, he's a scientist who helped build the bomb of some sort, right? Was he, did he also still build the bomb in this one or? No, he didn't really seem to. No, he was, he was just a mathematician, a, right? He was just like a genius. Just and, a whiz. Yeah. So he was like the a genius who kind of predicted all this would happen. And so um, Australia wants him back because, as we learn, there's a potential mission the, that they need um, him to help out with. So anyways, we, get, uh, we jump over to Peter, who's our Australian liaison in the Navy, um, and his family. And uh, in this case, unlike the original, the kid is a little older this time. We got a daughter who looks like, what, three years old? Something like that. Um, Something along those lines. Yeah. And his wife, and, and like the original, the, the wife is just having a lot of trouble accepting the fact that uh, the world has more or less ended. Um, she's kind of dove into uh, online conspiracies uh, and kind of started to read a lot about people's theories online about why they're not going to die. And then also she's like totally remodeling the house because she's an architect. Um, kind of this, I don't know, it's kind of portraying how hopeful she is, right? Like she's putting all this work in to fix up the house, even though realistically it's going to be finished right before they all perish anyways. So what's, right. What's and then the you point? also have to wonder, are you doing this because you just need to do literally anything to take your yeah. mind off of what's actually going on? And yeah, they, I think that's probably, yeah. you know, got a lot to do with it. And so um, he gets he gets uh, called into Melbourne and, and scurries off on his bike and then train uh, into the city. We see in this case, the city is already starting to descend um, into a bit of chaos. It's much more chaotic um, than we saw in the 1959 uh, version, which was kind of like life kind of just went on. Um, in this case, everything, I mean, there are a lot of kind of bad, bad people or, or the society is breaking down a little bit um, as we get closer and closer to the um, to the radio, uh, radiation creeping up. Yeah, skyscrapers are on fire. People are looting, just beating each other up. Trash is everywhere. Ever. Yeah, dude, just grinding on everything. Guys Come wearing on. those soap shoes from middle school, just grinding rails like crazy. Yeah, do you have any respect um, for those banisters? Like, come on. Yeah, I know. Come on, guys. You're scraping the paint right off them. Yeah. Guys standing with their foot against the wall, smoking a cigarette and a leather jacket. It's like, man, what is going on? None of that actually happened, but I wish it did. Right. Tony Hawk made a special appearance. Right. Obviously. Uh, and so they end up in a, he ends up in a meeting with uh, Armando Asante, and they are told by the uh, 
head of the Australian Navy, that there's going to be a mission. They're going to send them up to Alaska because they've been getting some... There's a theory by kind of a competitor of Julian's um, or a former teacher who he doesn't respect very much that the winds up there will have changed and kind of pushed the radiation south. And so there's a, the theory is that if you get above the 60th parallel, you'll be able to find areas that are on the downswing of the radiation levels. And uh, they're also hopeful that the ozone layer ripped open and the UV radiation is destroying right. the radiation. Sure. And then they also are getting a signal. I'm not sure if this is the point where they talk about this all that much, but there's yeah, kind of going to happen eventually, right? Yeah, there's like a broken up video, um, which is kind of a funny part of this movie, but like a broken up video. They can't really figure out what it's all about, but this, more or less the same time every day, a video uh, feed is sent to them. And they don't know what it is uh, and what it's all about, um, but they need to check it out because really there shouldn't be any power um, up in anchorage and so how is it even happening unless there's someone kind of turning on the power and then turning it off kind of trying to conserve and get rescue or whatever so these and are at this point the two julian ideas is just like there is no way any of this is really happening he's like i don't believe you at all this radiation theory is total garbage and why don't you go ahead and send that old professor up they're like that dude just had bypass surgery he's like i don't care i'm not going He's like, get him in that submarine, let him die, whatever. And the guy's like, uh, I'll do it. Okay. Yeah. So anyways, uh, Peter kind of feeling bad um, for the captain because he seems like um, he seems like a good guy all around. Um, did he – Was it? am I thinking of the original or did they have more of an interaction at this point? They Did they talk and go get a beer or something? Or is it like in the original so were, where it's like, just come over? They were talking and Lieutenant's like, hey, man, why don't you go ahead, come on down to my place. It's down the down the way. Oh, right. Spend yeah. the weekend. Like, yeah, he starts talking about it. Yeah, he, enjoy life for a little bit. Yeah, he starts talking about his family and, and re yeah, he kind of realizes that the captain's a little wayward at this point. Um, uh, yeah. And needs Things to, aren't going too great for him. You know, why don't you just take a vacation? Oh, we got a lot of stuff to do. And he's like, it'll, it'll be able to handle it. Like- why don't you come out to the the beach house? And then uh, he tells his wife, like, "Oh, let's let's invite more Ratu, um, your sister in law." And they they try to contact her, and she's like drinking and really drunk, and they, they start to be like, ah, "Never mind, <laughs> like I'm not so keen," because she wants to bring like a rando guy she just met in a bar um, back to their house, and they're like, "Shit, no way!" And so they're like, <laughs> "Thank God Moyer is yeah. not coming." Yeesh. Uh, and they're like, "Okay, I will have like a little little get together." Um, and, you know, show this, uh, this submarine captain, um, a good time. And so, so he gets on the train and he's heading down there and he's sitting in his cabin and somebody's there with him and they're talking and something that we didn't even mention earlier is Americans are not well received in Australia. When they first right. show up, people, protesters out there throwing trash at them. And now he's sitting there in this train and the person across from him is just like, why did you guys do it? Like you, like you're to blame for this and getting kind of combative. And who is it? Uh Oh, it's Mora. Mm -mm. No yes. And there is quite the, uh, sexual chemistry between these two. They are hot stuff. They know it. They're ready to bone. She's already got her shoes off, propped up next to him and everything. Mm -hmm. 
And they're that's, drinking whiskey. That's first base. Everyone knows that. Straight from the bottle. That's second base. Um, and so by the time they got the train, they're shit faced. Wait, drinking whiskey straight from the bottle with someone else is second base? Uh-huh. Yeah. You didn't know that? Alex. <laughs> you and Alex made a second base? Woo. Yeah, we've been to second base. <laughs> um, and so they- <laughs> I heard a little snort from Alex. Uh, that's that's all about right. all you're going to get. <laughs> all right. Wait, wait, wait. All right. Getting the second base is drinking whiskey with somebody? Yeah. yeah from the same the bottle. Yeah. Third, oh. third base is giving someone a Picasso or a Van Gogh, an original okay. Van Gogh. Okay. Mm-hmm. What's, um, what's, what's home plate? Home plate's sex, duh. Oh, okay. What, what if somebody has a nipple on their foot and you touch it? What's that? <laughs> I think that's. I that's, think uh, that's. That's, that's a ground out. I was going to say <laughs> that's, that's a stealing foul. second. It's <laughs> <laughs> a bunt. <laughs> Anyways, they get off the train and Peter's like, thank God your sister-in-law's not coming. Sees more. I was like, shit. Uh, They're like, he's like, yo, you two are coming with me. Like (laughs) awkward, but whatever. They get out there. He's, they, they, they drive back to the the place and it's, you know, while it's a little combative, this is like, you can see this like sexual chemistry between um, the captain and Moira. So anyways, they get back, back there. They decide to go down to the beach because they live right on the beach. Um, and they start to like kind of be flirty and fun, just like in the 1959. Like they're going out sailing. She's like kind of better at sailing than him. She's like, whatever. Don't even worry about it. Submarine captain. Oh, I mean, she's like doing figure eights, it looks like, around him. And yeah. He's like, you're cheating. Think so. Yeah, that's what he kept saying. And then he had a little more of a... I would say normal reaction to when she capsized his sailboat than yeah. in the the 59 one. In that one, Gregory Peck was just like, <laughs> you flipped my boat. This one, he's like, what the hell, man? Yeah. And so anyways, she's like kind of braggy, but he's kind of liking it. Um, and they start uh, up at the at dinner and everyone's kind of talking, I don't know, what are they talking? They're talking like conspiracy stuff and optimism and all this stuff. And um. Julian, who was the former fiance of Moira, she, he's like, I want to come over. And she's like, don't come over. But he's like, I'm going to drive over. So he shows up out of the blue and he kind of like wrecks this party. So a little different than the 1959 where he's like invited and stuff like that. He's just there. He's kind of like bad mouthing the captain. Like, oh, what'd you do? Like fire all your missiles like an asshole. Like whatever. I don't give a shit. And then uh, storms out after that. They're like, get out of here. Like, you asshole. And storms out. And then we get a little bit of the a similar thing where Moira is just like really, really drunk. And they're kind of like chit-chatting and, and flirty again. And she passes out and he like very kindly uh, puts her to bed. That's kind of the end of their night. Because um, the next day he heads back to the submarine. And who shows up? Uh-oh. Moira. And she's turning heads which was a little funny i guess they're what they're all jonesing for some ladies after years on the sea i mean she is a fine looking woman yeah but she, but she is a she's also a mature woman compared to a lot of the sailors on there yeah i kind of felt say. the same way about ava gardner though yeah but ava gardner was i don't know yeah. there was like no, a sexuality i, I, I agree However, i agree yeah no ava Gardner for sure she was a, a little older but she was Mm-hmm. Kind of str- strutting her stuff Gen- a little bit Generational more. beauty. Yeah. Yeah. So anyways, she's there, and he's like, whoa, because they're like, uh, 
she's in your bunk. <laughs> and everyone's like chuckling about that. And he's like, God damn it. But secretly he's like, word up. And he heads over to his bunk and is like, what are you doing here? And he looks back at the people and they're all laughing at him. He's like, God damn it. But he's also like, I'm pretty cool with this. Uh, and he talks, talks with her and, and she's like looking at all his stuff and he starts giving her a tour of the submarine and stuff. And, and clearly they're pretty into each other. And this is, at this point, she kind of says, like, come up to the cabin with me. Come up, come up to my cabin with me, right? Something like that? Yes. Yeah, that's, that's what happens now. And at this point, I was, I was slightly confused because I was like, okay, they're going to leave for this trip, right? That's why mm-hmm. LT had him at his place. But now, okay, we still got time. We're going to go up to the cabin. Right. And it's a ways away. And so she's like, don't worry. I've got a car that we can use. He's like, oh. First of all, there actually is an important part here. She uh, she tries to get a, a helicopter for them. Right. That comes oh, into play. Yes. Yeah. Which does. does come into play. Actually, a couple times, yeah. But she couldn't acquire the helicopter. There's no pilot to fly it or whatnot. So they, she says, as you pick you back up here, uh, that she has a car that they can use. So they head up, and she's got like a little cabin where she has strawberries all the time. I guess it's, I guess it's like the perk they, of the cabin. I thought you were gonna say they they did they stole uh, Julian Osborne's car, Doctor Osborne. I don't think I don't think they stole it. I wouldn't say that for sure. I think she kind of what? like convinced him to give her the car. You think so? I don't know about that. Man. She was literally yeah, talking. So. She was talking to him about the car like just before that, and he was like, "I'm not going to give you the car." But I felt like it was part of it was implied that she was like, "Come on," and he eventually relented. Okay. Well, she, they they take uh, his red red Ferrari, and they the are cabin. ripping ass through downtown Melbourne, which I mean, just trash everywhere. And then they just like soar up the Australian version of what I would like Highway One in California, right. something, whatever Australia has out there. Sorry, guys, I don't know. Like a mosh well, commercial. Out. Let me know. You know. Yeah, fund our what is it? Uh, fund our Patreon. Is that what we would need to do? To get us to Australia, is that right? Am I doing it right, guys? You're 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 nailing it. Smash right. that yeah, like button, it. subscribe, hit up my Patreon, whatever. Uh, and so they up there, they eat strawberries together, like smooching, whatever. They're having loving it. They're they go life. down to the they go down to the beach, and she says, "This is where I envision we were going to fly in." She was going to book a helicopter, and this is where. Uh, he reveals that he is a helicopter pilot as well. He joined the, the, the Navy at age 23 as a helicopter pilot. And she says, is and there anything misses, you can't do? I know. Yeah. Nothing. Is there anything you can't do? And, but right here, he does miss a golden opportunity for a pickup line, right? Should oh. have said permission to land. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Permission granted. Whoa. Man. <laughs> Let's write the movie. Let's write yeah. 20 years later, let's redo this. And so anyways, they probably smooch a whole bunch more um, PG stuff. And then they hop in the car and they're driving back. And one of my favorite scenes here is where they, they're driving along and they almost hit like a, another car. And he's like, what the hell, bros? What were you doing in the middle of the road? And it's just a guy like looking at him and he's like, what? Because the guy gets back in the car and then drives this car right off an heavy cliff with his family. It. His family's in there, kids in there and everything. And Amanda Santi's like, <gasps> no. Smash cut to him walking on the submarine being like, whoop, guys, uh, pff, should we head out? <laughs> yeah, that's why I think it was probably the end of an episode. 
<laughs> it's like he completely forgot that he just witnessed an entire car full of children uh, careening off a cliff. Yeah, I mean, I thought, that's, I thought that, that was a powerful cut, right? scene. I think that was one of the more powerful scenes. No, in the I, movie. I agree. I just found it funny that almost immediately he forgot it ever happened. The character. Yeah, like I said, I think that's probably where there was a end of an episode, and they picked up from there for episode two. I should say it's my it's a, it's my second favorite scene for sure. There's my, there's an obvious number one favorite scene that's coming up, and so we'll talk about that when it gets Ooh, there. Can't wait. So anyways, uh, they are uh, gearing up for the trip. Is it, does much happen between now and when they leave? Or is I it think pretty now much is when leave? we're introduced to that there's a video transmission, and then this is when yeah. Julian is like, hold on, I am coming yeah. with. I didn't know that was going on. Sure, okay. That makes but sense. That's, whatever. Sense. That's besides the point. So He probably, also the looked, trip, at the, he probably it, looked at the other scientists with his heart condition. It was like, yeesh. <laughs> yeah. Oh, boy. I could, swore, I could have swore there was something more at play, too. Maybe like he thought he was going to get um, passage if they do find some place or something. I, I forget. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He did say he, he'd be able to get there. Yeah, everyone on the boat, everyone who's on the submarine um, would be able to live if they found a place that was habitable, would be able to go there because they really, realistically, they, they could only transport about a thousand, a thousand or so people to wherever mm-hmm. was habitable, and um, in that case, he would be one of the thousand. Mm-hmm. Was so this mentioned? Was this mentioned in, in the original? What the idea I of transporting like this? Because this actually added a lot of value to the submarine to this movie. Like the submarine was going to be the the you know transport vehicle. That was going to get people from point A to point B. They were going to shuttle as many people as possible if they found sort of a new world, a new habitable. Well, I'm, I'm a little, place. I'm a little surprised it never came up in any of the, um, in either of the films. The idea that you would produce a number of submarines just as a possibility yeah. of surviving, because like they did have four, like in the book or in the previous movie, they had like four months. Um, mm-hmm. and, and, you know, if you think about World War II, that would produce, I don't know, 80 submarines if you had the raw materials for it. Um, if you could get it, get it up and running the, what they were doing back then. So like, if you went into wartime production, then yeah, you could I, I have made a, a large number of submarines. Yeah. If there's any glimmer of hope, like no one else is doing anything right, right. now, like make some subs. They're just like skateboarding around. I mean, this, Okay. To be fair, they're pretty rad at that point. Like, skateboarding is pretty rad, but maybe get on that production line. Makes I summer. agree. But they'd be All too right. busy just grinding down the lines, man. Nothing to get done. <sighs> That's true. Probably it would compromise the seaworthiness of the submarines, how much they're I grinding. Think it would. Man. Yeah. So All much right. grinding. So, anyways, they head on their mission. Um, Julian's on board. Uh, everyone's got like basically free passage for, um, if they find a place to live, everyone on the submarine will be getting it. And Peter and his family as well. That was one of the conditions. And so they start heading up there. And I, one thing I appreciated about the longer running time is you did get a lot more time on the submarine in this case. Um, so they have just like some random scenes of kind of what it is, like the stress that all these people who are on the submarine are under, like, um, they had a silly scene of eating curry, but like, you know, uh, the poker scene, I kind of actually liked uh, showing how even these people who are really good friends with each other, they're playing poker with each other and things get pretty heated and kind of get out of line. And it's just like showing how the tension is ratcheted up. Everyone's on edge. 
uh, with with everything going on. Um, so things aren't going well. Even the captain kind of struggling to keep morale up. So when they start getting fragments of that message, that video message, and it says, don't despair, like they can start to decipher it, and it says, don't despair, it's like, they may as well have just like broadcast it across Australia because they're like, let everyone know, let your family know, like we got this message. It said, don't despair. We're pretty much set. Don't even worry about it. Yeah. And, he, and something he, yeah. also with the longer running time here too, and being on the sub, you got to see Julian being kind of a dick to these guys and them not really liking it. And that's what happened with that curry eating scene. You know, you kind of tell mm. they're just like, all right, man, enough of this dude. This isn't hot enough. Make this as hot as you possibly can. I'm going to beat this guy in an eating contest. Yeah. I was a little surprised they didn't use that scene for Peter because, you know, obviously with his family and stuff like that, it comes up to be a big part of the movie is them kind of making a sacrifice for him to mm-hmm. be able to see his family again. And you'd think they would want to use that scene to be a scene of com- camaraderie to show like they're like, hey, you're you're one of us. We're having a good time. We're kind of having a laugh um, about how hot this curry is as, as regular Joes are wont to do. Um, and, but instead they used it on Julian, which is a little weird. Anyways. Uh, so they head up, they, they get above, uh, it's, they're doing some measures. Measures seem to be going okay. They get all the way up to above the 60th parallel and whoa, that radiation is super high. And so after all these, you know, weeks of optimism, even to the point or week of optimism, even to the point where... Peter had sent. We're not not close. Uh, <laughs> we're not close at all. No. Peter Peter had sent uh, like a message to his wife and stuff like that, so she got all excited. Um, uh, so they have to now. The next step is just to figure out what's going on in Anchorage. Like, what what? Why are they getting that uh, message? So the captain and the first mate, which is a little strange. Even you know, why would the captain go out himself? Odd. Right. I mean, one of the most, two most important people on the sub, right? Yeah. You no guys are going to make landfall. Get yeah. out there. Hell no. Nah. Not going to happen. Not happening. But anyways, they, they head off. They have the same thing. They have an hour every 15 minutes. I do always find it funny in this one and 1959, like obviously everything they did would take way more than an hour, but whatever. Oh yeah. They have to run like, like a mile. Through this in, come on. I know. And through the, in, in like radiation suits. It's like, come on. So you're not making your best time Mm-mm. and- I mean, trying to find where the heck this signal could be coming from. Basically, you'd be kicking down doors trying to find anything yeah. in this entire abandoned town. Yeah. So then they, they head into town and they find the, a TV station, which is they kind of had an idea that it had to be coming from a TV station. They went in there and they, they find a gr- totally gross dead body. And they're like, gross. I don't even like that. But then they're like, weird because... The sun shines perfectly at the moment. They went there at the time that they were expecting the, the the transmission to go. And a beam of light hits a Coke bottle and turns on a solar-powered laptop, those things that exist for sure, and sends a video transmission. And basically the reason why I was going to Australia is because there was a uh, broadcaster living in um, Anchorage, who was associated with Australia, who was sending like daily updates basically on like whale stuff, um, back to Australia. And that was her job. And so it was kind of her last video, uh, transmission, which even shows her saying like, my God, there's been a nuclear attack. Yeah. 
And then she pretty somehow, pretty dubious technology. I'm not really positive if this was <laughs> that this little. Was a, you're talking about that little that little yeah, solar panel, little like the size panel. of what's on that calculator. Yeah, no way. Yeah, it was it was a little weak. I think in the original as well with the Coke bottle and the uh, the blind drawstring or whatnot. Yeah, but I would, th- this I would, was this didn't yeah. translate very well at all. No, I think it's supposed to be because it's set in the near future. So they're saying, ah, oh, well, by the way, by the time it's 2007, we'll obviously have solar-powered laptops. It's like, do you even understand how big this solar panel would have to be for that laptop? Like, it's not like a little tiny, like a little thumb thing. Yeah, it was like, like treating it like a calculator. Yeah. Exactly. That's what I was going to say. It's like the size of one of those calculator solar things. You're running something much more powerful, sending out right. a video. right. So anyways, that's what they that's what they find and they're like shit. On the way back, the captain sees a house that kind of reminds him of his own house. And he says to go in there and he has all kinds of flashbacks of his like imagining what his what happened to his family and what his family went through. Uh kind of showing that like he is really really still struggling um with the uh kind of trauma of the Everything like the unknown, not knowing, and, and them kind of being like, "Why weren't you here?" kind of stuff. And he he's kind of freaking out. So the first mate has to come in, or the XO has to come in. He has to grab him, and they have to hurry back because they're they're like running out of oxygen. And in the hurry, he he rips his suit. So not great since he's gonna die. Um, yeah, and yeah. one of the things he found in that house was a family cuddled together yeah. on a bed who had all taken the suicide pills. Right. And so he like, can't handle there. that. No, like, yeah. can't handle that. So anyway, so they get back, he gets back in the submarine. The, the, the XO is like, don't tell anyone to someone else. is like, don't tell the captain. He'll like feel really bad because the reason I cut myself is that he was wasting so much time with this like totally gross dead family, whatever. Uh, and so they're like, okay, what to next? Let's go back to Melbourne. And the captain's like, we're going to San Francisco. And Peter's like, what the fuck, man? Like, that's not like part of the plan. And the captain's like, my whole crew is from San Francisco, which already is kind of weird. I'm not sure why an entire submarine would be from the same city, but whatever. Uh, and he's like, so we're going to head over there and we're just going to see what's, what's up. And then we'll head back. So don't worry about it. So they head to San Francisco and it's totally a wreck. Like just destroyed, obviously. And they start looking around and obviously everything's broken up and dead. And they're like, okay. And someone's like, can I take a look? And it's the, uh, it's a sonar guy. And he looks through and he's like seeing all the stuff that's kind of reminding him of his life. He's like, oh man, like that's where I used to rent videos. And that's where I used to sit in the street and, and kind of like make cat call like ladies and stuff like that. And everyone's like, yeah, cool. Okay. And he would, what would he do down that hill? He'd skateboard. He'd skateboard right down that hill. And everyone should have been like, everyone should have been like, yeah, man, don't you want to get back to Melbourne so you can get back to that uh, sweet skateboarding? And he'd be like, yeah, shoot that boarding, man. But instead he's like, I got to get the fuck out of here. And he runs and goes to the uh, escape hatch. And just like in 1959, he like swims out and like, oh shit. And the captain's like, I made a mistake. (laughs) This is a terrible decision. We probably Um, shouldn't have shown anyone this because nobody's feeling great about themselves right now. And so anyways, they stick around for a second. They're like, he can't come back in. He's he's obviously radioactive. Uh, And so they talk to him and he's like, I'm doing fine. I'm going to fish. And you know. Uh, whatever I saw my folks, they are dead. Uh, everyone else could trust your family's dead too. So no need to come out here. I'm good. And they're like, okay. Now, all right. If you were dead, not, sorry, not if you were dead. If everybody you knew was dead, mm-hmm. everybody in that town is dead. Mm-hmm. When he is fishing, he is in this tiny little raft. Wouldn't you at least go for something bigger, right? 
look for maybe a decent sized yacht you could sail yourself. Yeah, especially since they did note that one of the towns actually was uh, was pristine, nicely pres- like preserved. Yeah, so there should be some yachts over that one. I would think so. I would go look for one of those, not a little raft. And it's probably petrol. I mean, there's gas everywhere. Ugh. It's gotta be. What a mistake. Anyways, blue. Uh, they're like the captain's like they deserve to die on American in America, not in goddamn Australia. To Peter, and he's like, so we're we're not even going back. And Peter's like, for the love of God, my family. And so he decides to have a, the captain decides, you know what? Yeah, you're right. Let's have a vote. And so everyone's arguing and they're arguing back and forth. But Julian's kind of making the case like, come on, think of Peter, think of Peter. So when it comes down to the vote, they end up having a hand raising and everyone eventually, it's like a slow cap, clap, slowly everyone like oh, yeah. raises their hand and they're like, yeah, for Peter. So they decided to go well, back. I to mean, pretty much everybody else's family is dead. Julian even says that. He's like, the only guy with a family left is Peter. Like, just let's go. What are you guys going to do here? Sit here Man. and die? In the back of his mind, he's like, I got to get back with Moira now. Yeah. Got to beat that captain to her. You know what I'm saying? So anyways, they're heading back on the, the submarine. And the captain's like, get a dinner going. They have steak dinner. They have everything up to the nines. He's like, oh, put on this CD. And they have a dancing scene. That is so exuberant and so I don't even know how to describe it. If there's one the top, scene, man. if there's a single scene from this movie you watch, it is the dancing on the submarine scene. That's it's great. I mean, it is just nonstop. It's it's reminiscent of that uh, basketball scene. Yeah, exactly. It's just like that basketball scene. Uh, uh, what movie did was that? Did you guys notice they, they changed the words uh, to Moni yeah. oh, yeah. by uh, Billy Idol to like fucking horny or something yeah. like that? Yeah, fucking I wonder, horny. <laughs> I wonder if that's like horny. a real thing. Yeah, I wonder if that's a real thing that the Submariners or just American Navy in general does, but that was weird. <laughs> it was weird. I was like, wait, was, that's not the words of the, words of the song. <laughs> Come on. Well, I second guess myself, Mike. Is that the words to the song? No. Maybe it is. Uh, it, it was actually playing on the radio today, a kind of synchronicity moment. But yeah, it made, yeah. Me, it made me wonder if that was like something that the Navy does. Like that's like a little sort of informal song, like national anthem. I don't know. I, they were dancing all up on those tables. At a certain point, they were so exuberant that you're like, I'm not even sure what I'm going to watch. Like, are they going to start making out right now? Like, this is crazy. <laughs> They're so effing happy. So anyways. Well, you know, that could have been, that could have happened because Mora earlier was like, so what do you guys do about sex on the submarine? She's like, is it like prison? <laughs> He's like, let's not, t- let's just peel these tomatoes. Yeah. If that would have come gay up for there, the stay, like, she said it. Yeah. Weird. Uh, and so anyway, anyways, uh, they get back. I don't think anything else happens in between now, but they get back and, and one of the problems is that the first, the XO is, uh, uh, is sick at this point. Like he's got pretty serious, um, uh, radiation sickness. So the captain has to stay with them because they're like best buds. They're like r- super best friends. He's so got he leukemia. Go. Got yeah. Radiation in his blood. So he's he's staying by his bed. And uh, so Peter goes back and, and Moira is there and it's like, oh, is he coming back? And, and he's like, okay. he's coming back, but like he just has to stay with his like, he's like really close with his XO and the XO's dying. So like, just cool it. It's fine. He'll be here. And she's like, okay. But she's like, Pretty distraught, pretty disappointed, really hoping to come back. Uh, and Peter's just like happy to be back with his family while they head to their um, certain demise. Uh, and then, then but Julian like, yeah. shows up yeah, and Julian's he's like, all over it. <laughs> he's like, that guy's not coming back. Why don't you go ahead 
Hop into bed with me, your real life husband. See, I got I got this Van Gogh for you. Uh, so have sex with me. And she's like, no. And then later she's like, okay. Uh, but uh, in the meantime, the captain's sitting with his uh, dying friend. And we get this w- kind of a weird scene where they're like, he's like, I am hungry. I need to get something to eat. So he goes out and things have gotten pretty dire out in Melbourne at this point. Uh, it's basically an apocalypse. Um, I guess that's why we call it an apocalyptic uh, movie month. Uh, but he like is kind of fighting people off for some beans. That's like his lunch. Oh, it's crazy. Like a guy literally gets shot right in front of him. People are getting ripped down off horses and just like ripped apart, mugged, everything. And he has to go into a store and grab a knife. Skateboards everywhere. Skateboarders are going crazy. People They're grinding you know, on the, I mean, the banners. Like we, we were talking about grinding on banners before. You wouldn't even yeah. believe how much grinding on banners at this point. I know. It was crazy. Saw a guy do it like a kickflip ollie right under the hood of a car. Mm. It was freaking nuts. Do a handstand manual. <sighs> Can't, you can't even make this type of stuff up. They have even respect for their city. Come on. Uh, so anyways, yeah. he gets back and he's like, whoa, that was nuts. Like, oh, did you, where, where'd you go? <laughs> and he's like, I want to get somebody to eat. And he kind of like looks away like, boy, <laughs> it's not great out there. <laughs> uh, so he kind of helps, he helps his friend um, die. He administers uh, the medicine to um, help him pass away. In the meantime, uh, Moira uh, totally bones her uh, ex-fiance Julien uh, and so they're basically set on just being like okay I guess we're together now until the uh, end of the world which is like in a couple days when who shows up but the captain hops off the train is like what the fuck is like Jesus Christ and like runs away and Moira is like I gotta I gotta go after him so he she goes after him um, and basically is like stay with me like I I I don't want you to leave and um, eventually convinces him. I mean, it kind of goes back and forth a little bit, but they eventually are like, okay, I don't mind what happened. We, I just need someone to love here at the end and I'm in love with you. And so they're like together at this point. And Julian is alone and decides, I'm not going to take medicine. I'm going to drive my car to death, which is more or less what he does. Yeah, yep. he does that. He hops in his Ferrari and he is just ripping around a racetrack, just living it up, man. I mean, why not? Drives through a billboard. And he's he dead. does that, launches his Ferrari through a billboard. And in probably my least favorite moment in the movie, there's this horrible CGI explosion. Yeah, oh, it's yeah. weird. Worst moment. Why did they sure. do that? Why? Yeah. So, why did they I do got, that? I got a question. Is that death. Would you choose that or dying from radiation sickness, poisoning? I, I would choose I would administering the medicine. A wall. What's that? Oh, between those two, like Zach gave us the option of those two. I would drive in. I would drive into a like a cinder block wall or something like that. Oh come on, man! You wouldn't launch it through the air. I, I take the car. Give I would launch car. it through the air into a cinder block wall. Okay. What about into the ocean? And then. No. Why would you drive oh. it in the ocean? You're going to drown. <laughs> I'm going to no, take the medicine. You know, do you remember? If you, fall off, remember if, if you fall off high enough, you're going to you're going to die as soon as <laughs> yeah. you you're not going to drown. If I if I yeah, if dude. I like stick my head out the window as I <laughs> slam into the ocean, <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah, dude, your head's going to shoot right off. Perfect. Yeah, there that's exactly one. Yeah. That's what I'm Done. going for. <laughs> but I'm going to take the medicine, <laughs> the painless medicine. No, I uh, would. I think I'd go out in a car. Oh yeah. 
Maybe I'd find a helicopter, just crash that helicopter. What yeah, do you think? Exactly. Or crash a plane? Yeah. I never. I can't fly a plane, but maybe I can crash one. I think we can see what scene definitely caught the attention of Alex and Zach, though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and so, anyways, the captain kind of heads back to a submarine real quick, and they're like, "We want to. We want to basically try to get back to America. We're not going to make it, but like we'd want to try." And um, and so like we're going to head out. And so you get this moment where you think he's going to be on the submarine. Moyer is like really upset about this. And if you watch the original, he is. Yeah. And Moyer is like sitting up on the cliffs at her cabin is basically like, what a fucking asshole. Right. Uh, Oh, I guess we skipped over the point part where they had like a joy ride in a helicopter um, together to get up to the cabin. Um, kind of bringing it, bringing it for full circle of him being a helicopter. Uh, he can do, he can, uh, drive a helicopter or whatever. Uh, but anyway, she sees the submarine heading out and is like, you know, that asshole, whatever. But then who shows up? He comes around the corner, having flown that helicopter to her is like, I wasn't going to do this. I actually didn't understand why it was in the reverse. Why didn't they let her on the submarine? I know, right? I always thought that was odd, too. Like, if you just want to go with him, just go with him. Yeah, just be in the bunk. They could bone all day yeah. while the submarine heads off. Whatever. I mean, I guess it's nicer being up on those cliffs together and then taking the med- presumably taking the medicine together. Yeah. Um, and then in the meantime, we also cut on over to Peter's family. Yeah. And his wife is ill. His daughter is getting sick. And they all kill each other. They do, yeah. It's really they embrace in bed, and then it pans out with them as they have drifted off to the next life, um, and pans out of there. It did show that uh, that uh, our captain has been sick too, but uh, yep, showed him walking up along the beach now as as Moira watched out to the sub, and and they reunite, and they die together too, and they. Embrace and kiss, and the movie ends. The end. So that was a uh, that diverged from the uh, the original. Yeah, and that took captain... a while. Took a while to recap. It did. I did want to ask you real quick. Favorite scene? Is it the opening scene with the lucky coin and all the sweat in the water? Is it the suicide by car? <laughs> is it the dancing scene? Is it the apocalyptic lunch scene, or is it the racing scene? What do you guys so, got? You remember how sweaty he was at the oh, very beginning? Super sweaty. They even slow motion sweaty. That's how sweaty he when was. When they went back out, do you remember? He was sweaty again. Yeah, he's a very sweaty he's person. He's even wiping down with a towel. I'm like, they just do this in the same take, or is he just like get really nervous about launching this sub? I think he's just a really sweaty guy. Could be. Anyways. Uh, should we get into some... I think my favorite ratings? scene was the dinner party when Osborne bust through the door and uh, they were trying to shoo him away, but he was just rattling off facts about how uh, the world was kind of doomed. And uh, interesting. I, thought, I thought that was well acted. Interesting choice. Did anyone dance in that scene? No. Well, uh, hmm. huh. I pass. His tongue was dancing in his mouth. Was it not? Ooh, good point. And then Here's the suicide a- by car, the car danced right off that cliff. Here's a better question. Uh, how many different seasons is this movie going to appear in by itself? Because we've got skateboarding, we've got trains. <laughs> oh my god! Oh my yeah! You're, you're that is right. a good question. Dancing montage, animals. Yeah, this yeah, this is a jack of all trades movie. <laughs> wow, good point. Gruesome, this, bringing it. Is this the movie we send to the aliens? 
<laughs> they'd be, be like, they'd think it. They'd probably think this is what actually happened. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be the longest episode ever. That's all I gotta say. <laughs> all right. Time to rate. Who's got rating? Do we do love, love it or hate it before or after this? We typically do. Well, I mean, you've been making the rules, Zach. I mean, you can make it as part of your 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 recap if if that's like you did that one, or ideally, it should come at the end before we hear. If it's just going to be a separate thing, I think it should be at the end of the. Don't you want to know? Maybe it'll help color our. I I do not want to be colored by anyone else's review. (laughs) Don't laugh at my phrasing, Kyle. (laughs) I will. (laughs) So you want to go first? I will. Kyle, Kyle, did you just say Kyle, you will? I can go. I can go. I'll okay. go first. I, shoot, I went first on the last one. You guys want me to go first again? Do you it. just said you will. <laughs> That's what I okay. thought, right? <laughs> I heard it. I think we all heard it. Whatever. <laughs> all right. So, in the last movie, I talked about specific things that I wanted to see in a newer film. And I talked about the dead bodies it being a little bit more gritty, macabre. I guess. Macabre. We've, you know, you get some more visceral reactions. Mm-hmm. And I think this movie, miniseries, whatever, <laughs> miniseries, delivered on everything that I was looking for in the other film. And something that I really enjoyed, I didn't even think about when we watched the other one, was that opening scene where the Australian boaters are out there just throwing stuff at the sub protesting. He's like, oh, yeah, they probably should have done that in the first one because nobody would really be happy with them. And everything, the city, just completely gone to garbage. And that's what you expect, right? You it, End of days, people aren't really all relaxed, real nice, riding horses and buggies around. Like, oh, hey, how, how's it going, Bob? Oh, great, Jim, thanks. It's not like that. People are just concerned about what they're going to, I don't know, themselves at that time, I guess. Maybe that's pessimistic point of view. But this was significantly longer, and I think that we got a lot more character development in this. We got to see the relationship between Dwight and Mora build and form. You also got to see the relationship between... Julian and Mora, which we didn't really get in the other one. All we ever got was Mora going to his garage being like, did you ever really uh, love me? He's like, "Uh, yeah, once I did. And that was pretty much it. This, we got it. We got, we got all that, right? I mean, I'm not wrong, right? That's what we got in the first one was. Well, you're wrong. We got it. Okay. We did get it. Okay. Well, all right. So the sub scenes were much longer. I, with the solar power laptop being a little bit of a stretch, <laughs> I still enjoyed them going up to Alaska, seeing that scene. I thought the scene in particular where he saw the family on the bed was incredibly powerful. And I was like, wow, that's this is what I wanted in the first one, right? You want to see some bodies. You want to see gross, like decaying bodies. That's what you want. That's yeah. what you're looking for. And then I thought the, like I said, man, the CGI of that car crash, it's like, come on. Literally, they launched that one car right off a cliff. 
right off it. Thing like bounced all around. You can even see like a leg flopping out the side. That car didn't explode. Why did the Ferrari need to explode? <laughs> like, what the That's heck? A good you point. didn't have to do that. Did not it's have to. Yeah, the Ferrari point. didn't even crash into anything. It crashed through a billboard and somehow blew up. Hmm. Yeah. Unreal. I yep. mean, that part, I was not a fan. Yeah. <laughs> You're taking like five points off. Yeah, I was going to say right? Kyle was going to give it a 10. Now he's giving it a one. Yeah, no. And uh, something I also really liked was just how, I don't know, I thought the relationships were a lot better in this movie when that guy left to go to San Francisco. That was actually somebody that we'd seen in a scene before. The other one was just like, uh, okay, that guy's out, I guess. See ya. We don't really know who he is, but he's gone. And Captain got to sit there with his XO as he passed away. And I don't know. I thought there was a lot of powerful imagery in here. I thought the writing in this one was really well done. Julian was great in this. I don't know what... Something that I also realized when watching this is Anthony Perkins in the first one is an Australian citizen, right? Or he's British. What, like in real life? I can't remember. In the in the movie, was he British or was he Australian? I thought he was, was Australian. Things all mixed up. I don't know. All right. Well, he didn't even give it a go at an Australian accent, so I guess we got that. But in this one, you know, we've got people real Australians acting in it. And I'm not going to lie at the end of the end of the movie, man, when he, uh, he has to inject his daughter and him and his wife take pills, man. I was getting a little, uh, a little teary eyed there. I was like, what the heck, man, this is, uh, this is sad. Yeah. And me too. There we go. Not alone. I gave the other one, what, like an eight. This one, Again, the first one blew my expectations out of the water. This one, when I saw it was like a, originally thought, you know, the TV movie. I was like, okay, TV movie, whatever. How's this going to be? This just like blew me away. I was like, this is really good. I'm coming in at a 9.5. Whoa! <laughs> Jesus Christ. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to jump in. Oh, you know what? my God. I'm going to jump right in. I'm going to keep my no, brief. No, 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 Jamie. I think we got to <laughs> save you for the end. I think you have the most... I feel like you'll probably have the most insight that you can bring to fill in the blanks here a little bit. I kind of, I kind of want to go straight to the the gruesome twosome and, and get some thoughts from them. I'll jump in. I'll do mine. Coming off the coming off the that of Kyle nine nine point five was that right, Kyle? Yeah, nine point five. Wow. <laughs> what, what, what? I really enjoyed this. What I thought movie? this was really well done. What, what other movie have you given a nine point five? I don't know if I've ever given a nine five. I can I can probably assist with that. That's like your that's your second highest rating from what I'm seeing right here. It's kind of Crimson Tide. Yeah, Crimson Tide. You got a ten. Oh, for Red October. 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 Okay. Okay. (laughs) Okay. I'm just jumping in. Jumping in right now. Hot take. So I thought this movie was absolute garbage. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I wouldn't no. be shocked if you said that. No, I um. So I, uh, this might be a surprise to the listeners, but um, I did not watch last week's movie, nor did I ever read the novel that this is based on. Um, so I literally came into this movie blind, kind of forgot that we were doing, you know, apocalyptic month or whatever this is. So really came in blind, but I, I 
liked this movie way more than I anticipated because, you know, I looked at the cover art, looked at some of this. I'm like, okay, this is going to be, this is going to be jank. Yeah, as, oh, a, was, as, a, as a graphic designer, the cover art was ass. Yeah. I, I, you know, and I, and I, and as an educator, I, I you know, I, I agree. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> no, okay. I, I like this way more than I thought I would. And, and I'm torn, like I'm sitting here thinking, I've been thinking of my rating all day and I'm still not even a hundred percent definite on a, on a rating yet as I speak, because this isn't a movie I'll probably ever watch again by myself, but the movie was, was incredibly good. And, and it's, you know, yeah, we can talk about like the visual effects, the length, and I still think the length was my biggest gripe, mm-hmm. but just the... I guess just the intensity of it, right? Like, like the, the 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 looming, the looming like just death, right? It's like the storm clouds are rolling in, and the, there's no hope. I mean, that you try want there to be hope, but there just isn't, and it just get it really. Some of those scenes really started to get to me. I remember the one scene that was just really. I don't want to say just human. There's probably a better word, Ben. Ben, you're good with those words, but uh, the scene when um, our main boy is taking the breather from the hospital and he goes and that's when like the shit's hitting the fan in the town and you see like the the sex against the wall you see the guys with the guns and they're shooting each other stuff getting thrown out the window and then he just like runs into that grocery store or whatever hides with a knife but then it just cuts to him eating canned beans with those three other guys i mean here you have this like american (laughs) right um than just with these three other Australian people just sitting there eating beans and that's it. And then like the other scene that really jumped out was when you saw the line of people towards the end of the film. I mean, a line of people waiting to get their suicide pills. Like that's just fucking crazy. And I found myself multiple times in the movie as it went on and as it progressed, just like, I think it's getting... (laughs) It's like a punch in the stomach. I mean, it really hit me harder than I expected. Like, I had to go play with my dog afterwards because I was like, wow, I feel fucking sad. I yeah, mean, it was, I was really... very, I was honestly very depressed after watching the movie as well. Yeah, I mean, I legitimately was like, like, Carla, <laughs> my fiance walked in and she was like, Zach, are you okay? I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm fine. I was like, I just didn't, I just had no idea what I was about to watch. And I think <laughs> they did a great job with it. The story, the characters, like, I never got, bored of the characters i never thought wow that character is really crappy i mean i like the characters i loved the doctor what was his name barry something julian yeah yeah Uh, he was amazing but i mean it was not a happy ending i mean this was this is a true tale of what could very well be a consequence of of uh, you know our government's actions so i i really liked it they didn't really include a ton of political stuff in it i mean there was talk about china and the u.s but it really focused, I think, just on humanity and people figuring out what the end of the li- the end of their lives are going to be like. And you saw people just standing in the streets. You saw couples trying to end it together. You saw people um, ignoring reality, right? Like the the one wife that just mm-hmm. kept thinking, "There's hope, there's hope," but it just wasn't it just wasn't there. So it's really, you know, I guess heart wrenching a little bit. Um, I just don't think I'd ever so in the submarine action was great. Loved the submarine action. A lot of time spent in the submarine. What am I going to give this? I'm going to give this on the spot off the top of my head. 
you know, I really feel good about this movie. Maybe it's because I haven't given a high rating in a long time, but I'm going to give this a solid 8.2. Wow. I, I really like solid it. Solid rating. I mean, really like it. all cylinders right now. Oh, yeah. Alex. And Armand Asante in this movie That's was really good. Yeah, I thought yeah. his acting was really good. At this rate, I have, have, have to well. give it a zero just to counterbalance everyone. <laughs> to balance it. <laughs> I, I, no, I, I, uh, Alex. Okay, I uh, I did not watch last week's movie as well, like Zach. When I was looking at the rating, I haven't listened to your guys' uh, podcast on it yet either. So I know you've already had a couple spoilers in there for hey, me. Hey, Alex, so. a- our podcast, Ooh. our sorry, podcast. Sorry. Uh, and I I saw Jamie scores a nine point five, and I. Even though I haven't seen it, I would have to assume ours, mine would probably be pretty close to his just because for those older movies, I think we think a lot alike. Mm-hmm. Um, this movie, though, definitely blew me away. I was almost thinking about sitting it out after I watched it because it was pretty fucking powerful. Uh, I just couldn't. You just have so many thoughts going on with it. There's hope and then that hope just gets crushed and then it just keeps getting worse and worse and it snowballs. And it just you, after you get done watching it, you're just like this mess. You know, you don't know how to feel. It's, it's yep. really, really crazy of a movie. I was not expecting that at all. I thought with the post-apocalyptic film, I I was not thinking this, that would be hit so home. It just felt like, yeah, this is very possible for anything that could happen. Unlike like the Fitzroy, us living in a weird submarine yeah. or even Resident Evil. I, I guess I had a totally different idea in my head of what I was thinking a post-apocalyptic film would be. But uh, nonetheless... Um, I, I did enjoy the movie. The first hour and 15 of it was really slow. I didn't realize that this was a series until you guys had mentioned it before we started the podcast. I thought it was just supposed to be like a really long movie that they, they showed every now and then. Um, or, you know, it was a movie that the director just didn't make any cuts and just kept every single scene. And I thought it was just really long. I didn't realize that they were breaking this up over however many weeks that they did. Cause the first hour and 15, I felt dragged on way too long. And the, uh, the love stories that they had showing was just a little too much. Nonetheless, uh, the submarine action was really good. Uh, we were on the sub for quite a bit of time. It felt relatively real compared to other movies that we had watched. Um, I, I don't know if you guys have any information on this, but did this really take place? Like, did they really film on like, I know they obviously had some scenes in a sub or on a sub, but Mm -hmm. for the inside scenes, I don't know what they did, but it seemed pretty legit. Yeah. Uh, Set design looked pretty good. Yeah. Um, I, uh, I know you guys had mentioned that the, the solar powered laptop was kind of a stretch. Uh, I didn't really think that when I got there, uh, to that part in the movie, I thought it was a little strange that it was still broadcasting somehow. I guess that was my first thing, but I, 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 I guess they needed to find a way to get that message sent out. And I thought a solar powered laptop is an okay way to do it. Uh, but I guess you're also kind of right that they were treating it like one of those old school, like TI 83 calculators where it just turns on and off automatically. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was a little weird now that I'm thinking about it. Um, most of the editing, editing was fine. Some of the CGI was god awful um but I, I i think if you're looking at the whole movie together that's very minimal acting was pretty good um the storylines were great i mean it really got inside people's heads on how they're going to act 
if this were to happen, I would think. And I think my favorite scene since we've all kind of mentioned is actually when the sonar guy actually just said, screw it, left the ship and went into San Francisco. Mm-hmm. And then they go Swain. back up and say bye. Yeah. And he's just sitting there fishing, drinking a beer. Like I thought that was probably the best scene. He had totally accepted everything and he's not going to go out with the suicide pill. He's just going to let the situation take care of itself. Um, he said this buds was, for you too, which I think yeah. was like the marketing campaign of Bud Light at the time or whatever. <laughs> had, yeah. Had to be exactly. Cause he was definitely drinking a Bud, wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I think that was my favorite scene. Um, the doctor, you guys have all said this. His character was pretty good. I enjoyed it. I, I enjoyed almost all the characters. Um, overall, not not a lot to really gripe about. It was a really it was really good, just really long. I'm gonna come in a little bit higher than what I normally do. I'm gonna give it a seven point six. All right. Like I said, I I, uh, I want to uh, leave Jamie. I think he has probably the the best critical lens as he's been uh, reviewing. Movies for Bad Movie Twins, that's badmovietwins.com, uh, before we ever even were were founded. And I want him to kind of fill in the blanks because this has got, a, <laughs> I think, a pretty wild conversation unfolding here. Because um, yeah. I've got some uh, questions about the movie. I wonder if this was maybe closer to the book. I have not read the book and probably never will. Jamie, um, I see. I was going to try to read the book. I, I don't know. I think they, I think it deviates pretty similarly to the, uh, the, uh, original movie. I actually okay. think probably the original movie was in the end closer. I think they made a lot of changes in this one to be, uh, more contemporary hmm. and, um, that kind of stuff. So that'd be my, that'd be my best guess from what I read about it. Yeah. But I don't think it was necessarily any closer to the book than the original. I mean, if anything, they t- the way they describe it online is as a remake of the movie, not the book. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That's kind of what it felt like, but I didn't know if, because they had an extra you know hour to play with, if they were some of these extra scenes we were seeing, if those were some of the things that might've been omitted from the book, but um, maybe not. Uh, I did think this film was a little more well-rounded uh, in the in in the idea that I I wasn't really again I mentioned in the last episode we I wasn't really bought into the first half of the original on the beach, uh, it was really grinding uh, grinding out um, very slow paced um, dialogue driven and wasn't really doing anything um, ahead of its time but ultimately that movie ended up wrapping up so powerfully um, and and a and a ultimately accomplished so many things that were way ahead of, of its time for, for being a 1959 film. Um, this one, you know, kind of had um, a little bit more momentum from the beginning, and that was probably, you know, because it needed to have the ability to capture an, an audience's attention in the first episode or two. It can't put everything off until the third episode. You're not going to have any viewers. So they did some stuff that I think probably fit into that first episode uh, that helped push it along i liked a lot of the interchanges with the uh the admiralty or 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 whatever it was with uh the captains there and they were trying to pick which scientist goes and again osborne's character was really well acted i i I really liked uh brian brown in this he did a great job with it uh from start to finish um so my attention was kind of there throughout the movie although it could have been a little bit shorter 
um, there was a little bit of chaff they could have cut away, but uh, ultimately a, more, a little more balanced. Uh, but like I said, well acted. Moira grew on me on this one. I, uh, Jamie had mentioned that she, uh, that in, uh, the, in the movie Fitzroy, maybe it made me think of the Fitzroy as I was watching <clears> this, how M- Moira came across as kind of the the two star seductress. At the beginning, like I, I didn't see the 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 merit to her, or, like the appeal of her, uh, but then she kind of kept turning on more of the charm throughout the movie, uh, and Rachel Ward did an excellent job as as the as the character of Moira, and um, ended up getting to a place close to where I think Ava, Ava Gardner took the character, uh, and the young couple I think I think was was probably an upgrade over the original. It felt very real, and less. Um, sort of. I I don't know. Fic fic. I don't know. Fictitious, but uh, it felt it felt more um true to life, and it's probably because I'm I'm, you know, of the digital age here, where you know I would be pro- I would be browsing the forums and everything like the uh the uh the Mary character was doing, you know, looking at uh you know everyone's findings and and the reddits and and the forums and everything of of you know this isn't you know maybe maybe not as big a deal as we thought you know there's, you know these these various solutions in place or you know. You know, the fake news or whatever it is, but um, she was, it felt very real and contemporary how they, they treated those characters, which I think was smart, obviously with it being a contemporary film. Um, and another, I think, I guess you could call it an upgrade over the original was the importance of the submarine was, was elevated. I think it being a transport vehicle, uh, if they were able to find a um, habitable area of the, of the, of the, of the planet, uh, the submarine was going to play an integral role in shuttling people to and fro. Um, so I, I liked that uh, the submarine definitely had a, a bigger role to play in this, um, and they could have done more with, again, as, as Jamie, I think, mentioned, you know, the fabrication of more submarines. Um, but overall, I think the low-budget sort of elements of this, uh, uh, the, the, the some of the CGI effects, lent to some hokey and cheesy moments um, that in the original, you know, us being, you know, millennials or whatever, um, it might have been disguised. It might have looked hokey back in the day watching On the Beach, but it really felt like On the Beach, the original was way ahead of its time. And this one was, you know, at at best sort of keeping pace. Um, There was less impact for me by the time I reached the end of the film. uh, and, And I mean, just plain plain phrasing here it just wasn't ahead of its time like the original was uh but i mean it doesn't it's not to mean that wasn't a a great film i think it was uh, an actual a a very solid film uh that did again it had an emotional impact on me i I left the film feeling depressed and i had to kind of shake it off that evening when i watched it um because it it felt like it was it was trying to still do something uh, and not fall into the, the typical Hollywood tropes. And I would love for this to still be revisited once again. I mean, it's been 20 years now. There's there's room here for a, another remake. Uh, and I would hope that it wouldn't fall into the typical, you know, Hollywood tropes and uh, be dumbed down. I mean, there's a lot of impact to be had here as we uh, grow each and every year. Uh, nuclear powers, you know, come into the fold every year. Uh, I, there's a cautionary tale to be told here. Um, with uh, with the film, uh, with source material as powerful as On the Beach, uh, two movies in a row here. I think uh, very solid films. I can't give this a higher score than the original, though. 
Uh, it had its pros. It had its cons. I'm going to give this one a 7.0 as well. All right. Well, I'm going to come in. I'm going to come in lowest, um, and I'm not going to go into too much detail because unlike in the movie, I do not have a solar-powered laptop, and I will be running out of battery if we go for much longer <laughs> than how we've already gone, which is going to be pushing the limits of podcasting technology. Uh, so, you got only yourself to blame for that one, my friend. I don't know, because I feel like you've been reviewing for about a half hour. Uh, <laughs> and um, But I think it was fine. Um, I think aspects of it were better than fine. I liked how much time we spent on the uh, submarine. I don't think I, I like the thing I really, really liked about the original was the acting. This didn't quite get up to that point uh, in that aspect, which makes sense. It's a TV, it's a TV miniseries and not a um, major Hollywood uh, blockbuster. Uh, but it is um, uh, with some of the greatest actors of all time, uh, but it was good and a lot of stuff to like, other stuff that was kind of silly dancing scene was hilarious um suicide car scene uh both of them uh were hilarious uh so if you're looking for something that's kind of funny to watch unintentionally funny at times um this is good but otherwise also giving you um some serious things to think about um and kind of darker a darker look at the idea of the apocalypse as like society breaks down um then then this is okay, but I'm going to, I'm going to come in at probably like a, I think I was going to come in around six. I'm going to stick around that six. It's good. I I did really like the, the original uh, quite a bit more than this one in the end. That's that. All right. That's fair. All right. Overall, very high score from the group as a whole, but yeah. We got love it or hate it, Mr. Zach. Love it, hate it. All right, I'll let you guys decide which one I'm saying first. <laughs> I, I, I hope I can tell. <laughs> this is from T. Norberg from May 2006. His review is titled Bland, Bland, Bland. Love it. <laughs> if you ever wanted to see how to make a post post-apocalyptic scenario unexciting then look no further it bears all the markings of a cheap made-for-tv movie from the flat overlit look to the lethargic actors playing boring stereotypes instead of actually showing us the world ending convincingly or creating characters that we care about making tough choices, this Hallmark production spends most of its time muddling around with a jag-like submarine captain and his dull crew of soldiers, as well as an, as well as an Australian scientist and his ex-wife as they suffer through love triangles and sit around Australia as nothing happens for the majority of the running time. This movie lacks both the terror of the best end of the this sorry this movie lacks both the terror of the best end of the world scenarios avoid like the plague unless you are an insomniac looking for the dvd equivalent of warm milk 1 out of 10 
<laughs> wow, this, that guy's a bot that wrote that. There, it was it was not that bad of a movie. <laughs> yeah, that was. I disagree with him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this next one is from Cabal, October two thousand and four. The saddest film I've ever watched. That film is definitely one of the most remarkable films I've ever watched. I really like to watch that kind of film. When you stare at the TV slash movie screen and you, ju- and you just can't get up from the seat. I've watched many films and this is the one I love the most. The plot line is so real. Even after the film, you sit and think it over again and again. The action, perfect. You don't know what will happen till the end. The acting, it couldn't be better. It is not important how famous your actors are, but how charismatic will they appear at the screen. I recommend this film to everybody. The film is good. Watch it. 10 out of 10. Wow. Man, that guy kind of sounds like a bot too. <laughs> the movie's not that good. When he when he said you won't know what's going to happen at the end, I think it became pretty evident just yeah. a little over halfway through. Yeah, so. I don't think it was a shocker too much, but uh, no, that's love it or love it or hate it. Everybody, the complete opposites right there. That was pretty good. Alrighty, I'm gonna one thing go oh, before you do this. One thing I will say, kind of a gripe, I guess, with the DVD is you can find this thing. The DVD right now on Amazon, I looked, is like fifty six dollars. It's outrageous. There are like no features. You either play it or you do scene selection. That's it. Wow, and you can watch yeah. it on YouTube. Yeah, yeah, and it's on YouTube for free. Wow, I watched the YouTuber. <laughs> Is that why there was like two minutes of dead silence in that one scene? Yeah, they had, they had song to in the cut background. out the uh, audio. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Because I fiddled around with that for about 20 minutes, no joke. And that movie's already long <laughs> enough. I kept thinking something was going on with my audio. I Did was you not really? <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Right. I just so assumed for, there was a warning. problem with it and let yeah. go. <laughs> Listeners, you can watch this movie in full on YouTube, but there will be two minutes of silence where uh, our... Moira character is dancing at the jukebox. Don't panic. Yep, don't panic. I just thought it was artistic. Uh, An artistic choice. All right, so I'm going to skip a couple of the um, trivia just because we've kind of talked about them. Golden Globe award nominations, et cetera, et cetera. Um, But Rachel Ward and Brian Brown are husband and wife in real life, and it was their fourth on-screen collaboration, this one. And they Mm. continued to collaborate after that. She actually became a director, and she's directed him in, in a couple things. Um, so what, and just since this is now trivia, there's actually questions. Um, this is probably the most famous husband wife collaboration in film history, having acted together 11 times. Wow. Name. Can you know, I'm saying not this one. I'm saying what, what, sorry, what famous husband and wife collaboration uh, acted together 11 times? Can anyone think of that? Brangelina? Is it contemporary actors? It is. It's not quite contemporary. I will say their okay. tumultuous, tumultuous relationship was a huge. Is huge for the tabloids, and even inspired a TV movie of its own, starring Lindsay Lohan. What? Oh, she so played. Not- um, oh, who did she? Play? Elizabeth Taylor yeah. or something? Yeah, Elizabeth Very Taylor. Good. Yeah. So she was in Liz and Dick, 
which was Elizabeth Taylor and Richard Burton. Okay. Yeah. There we go. Very good. I'll take half uh, so, credit. So they mentioned in this that uh, the nuclear submarine uh, is a Los Angeles class. I couldn't find uh, what uh, setting was or basically what they filmed on, um, considering probably they had some kind of set or some submarine that they were filming on. I couldn't figure that out. But um, they did mention that this submarine, this theoretical submarine, had a Caterpillar drive, uh, which we may yeah. remember from Hunt for Red October. Mm-hmm. And so uh, what they said um, on the IMD trivia that, that this is only exists in the imagination of Tom Clancy and the screenwriters for this remake which actually is not true. Another well-known underwater adventure writer used the magnetohydrodynamic drive, which is the uh, technical term for the Caterpillar drive, in his Oregon Files series. This author also died on February, in February 2020. So who is this author? And this is one that I've, I mentioned, I think, in, in news on this podcast at one point, I think. Either that or I just mentioned to Kyle, and Kyle was like, who? Did you know what I was talking about? Hmm. What's the name of the series again? Oregon Files. Uh, no one's going to really get this unless you're like no. big time into underwater adventure books. Uh, it's Clive Cussler, uh, and he wrote actually a potential submersion film, Raise the Titanic. Hmm. Is that a? It's like a documentary or like an actual? No, it's like a. It's, it's a. It's a really bad it's movie. A dramatized thing. It's, yeah. it's potential because we're not positive it has a submarine in it. I'm not sure the extent of it, and also I'm not sure we, we would want to watch it. <laughs> if it has any amount of submarine, we have to watch it. Those are the rules. Uh, the film features scenes from Run Silent, Run Deep, which uh, Armando Sante's character calls the greatest submarine film of mm-hmm. all time. Mm-hmm. That, was a good, that was actually a good scene. I like that one, too. So I'm going to use a Jeopardy question for this trivia. This actor rolls on the sand and in the surf with Deborah Kerr in From Here to Eternity. Now, you got to think about why would I ask this Jeopardy question for this clue about Run Silent, Run Deep? Who is Clark Gable? No. It's the other, no. other actor. No, no, no. What's his name? It's the other actor. It's a good guy. I mean, you picked it up. You picked up what I was putting right, down. Bert but you guessed Lancaster? Is that yeah. a real name? That's okay. <laughs> I, was yes. like, I was like, man, that sounds like something that might be like a Bruce Wayne villain or something sure. <laughs> all okay. right i'm gonna i'm gonna finish up with some phantom zone phantom zone engage the phantom love that guy's voice uh so you can actually kind of do this pretty quickly once you realize asante was in back-to-back tv movie submarine films because he was also in the hunley in 1998 Ooh. Uh, and so the gruesome twosome members, Alex's best friend, Donald Sutherland, he's in that one. Mm. And uh, early in his career, he was in the Bedford incident. We could have used Beerfest as well, but it's easy to use um, uh, since I just did that one. Uh, and so we can go through either of those. Bedford incident, I've done this before, and Beerfest, uh, I just did it um, as well. So pretty easy. And then final question, where does Ed Harris fit in this movie? Oof. I think he's our captain, right? I want I want him Asante because then you get the big love story with him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. It's got to be. I, I don't think he could be like the number two. No, no, he never, never. Mm. I mean, <laughs> never. No. He doesn't but, do uh, that. No, but uh, I did mention last week that Ed was supposed to be in this remake of the film. He backed out when his demands uh, weren't met. Um, 
But once he saw this film and realized how good it actually turned out, he was dismayed. He was like, oh, what a mistake. And so he actually made his own cut of the movie and released <laughs> it. And he cut it, he cut it all the way down from three hours to 15 minutes. And it was mostly just him sitting in front of the camera um, talking. And he was just like airing his grievances against those in the production and like what went wrong. And then the last eight minutes of it were just his ab routine. That was it. What was, that, what was, what was that called? Uh, that was called Eight Minute Abs. I don't. Have you heard of them? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that's it. That's all. Did they wow. use some? Did they use some of his grease for uh, the captain's sweat in the opening yeah. scene? <laughs> that was the only thing that was retained from the original production. Yeah. <laughs> Good lord. All righty. Ferraris. Ferraris. World. Why? Oh, shit. <laughs> now, you guys hear that car revving up, and you were like, is that really a Ferrari? Uh, I was, was going to say, you recorded it yourself like that lightning strike. So. That is six cylinders of American steel from a 2008 Mercury Mariner. <laughs> rev- rev- revving up in my driveway, so... That's awesome! Wow. Self-made, right? Sound, it sounded really good. Yeah, it's. Uh, it was funny. My neighbors were outside. And they were like on a ladder or something. I'm like, hey, I got to do something real weird, real quick. They're like, I'm like, I'm gonna rev this car up real loud. They're like, what? <laughs> so uh, they've been, lived there less than a year, so they're probably like, this guy is weird as hell, but is what it is. So, anyways. In this rendition of the movie, Moira stole slash didn't steal, depends on who you listen to, Julian's Ferrari and took it to her cabin, farm, what it, what have you, on the cliffs with Dwight for the weekend. And her and Dwight were just tearing up the streets of Melbourne, ripping through just trash and then going down that highway should have been doing a couple donuts, do something real sweet. And I was trying to figure out which Ferrari this was. And Jamie, I think last week you'd mentioned, hey, Kyle, you don't really sound like a gearhead here. And I am not, but I immediately text my brother-in-law. He's like, oh, yeah, that's a, that's a Ferrari F355. So I was like, okay, sweet. And then it turns out there's a internet movie car database also. So... Was able to hone in a little bit more. It's the Ferrari 355 GTS. So we'll talk about these cars. They're produced from 19. Now these are the 355s. Just in total, we'll go with them. The, they were produced from 94 to 1999. There were 11,273 of them made. There were three separate models. I'm sure I'm going to butcher this. That's the uh, Berlinetta and the Spider. In the GTS. Now, with 11,000 being made for the GTS model, there were only 2,577 of them made. And the GTS is identical in a lot of specs to the Berlinetta, but the only difference that I was able to find is it has a Targa style roof. If you do not know what that is, you know how, like, they have the roof off but they've still got the big roll bar back behind them. So it's like, it looks like a partial convertible. That's what is referred to as a Targa roof, Targa top. 
whatever. So one of the uh, designs with this car was they just basically remodeled it off of the 348 that they have, and they wanted to, obviously, whenever you're making a car, you want to increase your performance. And they also wanted to make it more drivable, specifically, you know, like for city traffic and stuff. And to do that, they equipped the car with power steering. However, you could get that feature replaced with something else. So I guess, you know, you think in high-end sports cars, maybe they don't have power steering because you probably don't need it if you're cruising along at 100 plus miles an hour. And to develop the aerodynamics for the car, how many hours do you think this was in a wind tunnel for, guys? Two. Okay. Two for um. Zach. Price is right rules. <laughs> two. I also, I also guessed two. Aerodynamics. Okay, all right. I'm going to go 169. Okay, 169. Alex, five guess. Um, so... We've got two, two, and one sixty nine. Right, so not going two. You know, if if you're feeling like a bargain hunter, you'd obviously say one uh, and hope everyone else is over. But I feel for a car like this, God, I you know they probably spent a good amount of time in a, a wind tunnel. I would probably say like two hundred fifty. Okay, Alex is thousands. the closest. <laughs> At 1300 hours. Wow. Oh, shit. Yeah, yeah they, keep, don't, they keep those in wind tunnels for just like nonstop sometimes, don't they? Like just have it running day after day after day. It sounds like <laughs> that amount of time. What does that do for you? Dude, peels the paint right off. That's what I'm, that's what I'm thinking. Like, it, it, are you waiting for it to like start biodegrading or what? I don't know. I'm not an aerodynamic engineer, so I can't really answer that question. We'll find one and we'll get them on the show. Good call. Like how Jamie, long do you spend our resident in a wind aerodynamic engineer. Why? <laughs> yeah. Why would they keep a car in a wind tunnel for 1,300 hours? All right. Any answer? Okay. All right. There it is. There we go. So Jamie's computer is probably dead. Get <laughs> <laughs> some specs from this. It has a 3.5 liter engine. With 375 horsepower coming from the V8, puts out 268 pounds of torque, and Wikipedia has some stats listed, uh, manufacturer claims from speeds and whatnot. So I decided to go with those. Are also like independent testing results and whatever. But I was like, we'll just go with manufacturer. Some are higher, some are lower, whatever than what other people were able to do. So zero. They have a lot of kilometers and stuff. And our audience is worldwide, and this is Ferrari's worldwide, but I did stick with miles per hour. I apologize to everyone not in the States. So 0 to 62 miles an hour, because they they were going off kilometers, so that's what it worked out to. 62 miles an hour is 4.7 seconds. 0 to 100, 10.8. can do a quarter mile in 12.9 seconds and a kilometer and 23.7 with a top speed of 183 miles per hour. These cars, when they came out, were originally listed at over $100,000. I think I saw the other models were coming. I couldn't find the GTS specifically. 
I saw some article that said four hundred seventy-five thousand dollars, and then all the other ones were like one hundred thirty thousand. So I was like, there is no way that getting that roof costs that much. I mean, that's outrageous. Maybe it does. Maybe that wind tunnel says that you need that roof. So now you can pick up this car, maybe not the one in the movie, but the 1995 F355 GTS. Found this on Auto Trader in Doral, Florida. It's a suburb of Miami. Has 21,205 miles on it. How much do you think it's going for, guys? Uh, 650. Wait, what? 650 what? Six, 650,000. 651. Okay. Okay. Oh, okay. All right. And, um, Brom, how about you? 652. <laughs> oh, okay. And is Jamie even still there? Oh, I'm the hair. It's 653. Okay, guys. When these first came out, they were like, we're looking at like a 130, all right? Uh, this You can buy this car now for 89.9. Kind of overshot it. Yeah, a little bit. 89,000? Yeah, 89,000. Well, I'm so sure anyone, anyone can get one. Anyone would get it for our price, yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true. You you could buy it for $600,000. <laughs> Sure, it's eighty nine thousand. I'm gonna give you six six hundred fifty thousand. Yeah. I just got a okay. stimulus check, so I'm about to spend it. Like, what did you get? Um, so, anyways, um, one of the models, the Berlinetta, is the first road ready car to be equipped with a Formula One gearbox. Kind of crazy. I didn't know I could get that in a. Consumer grade car. Uh, they didn't obviously do this in all the cars they manufactured, but a number of them did have it. And maybe we'd be able to walk these guys down on price because in 2009, Ferrari did recall 2,400 of these cars. Keep in mind, there were like 11,000 made because there was an improperly placed screw clamp that was causing fuel to leak into the engine. And after I read this, it was like, Maybe the billboard scene's right. Who knows? Um, because one of the cars did catch on fire and a driver was injured in it. So maybe all that little billboard knocking was all it took to blow the car up. But I still don't believe it. And that's it. That is for Phenomenal, Kyle. Wow. More information than any of us wanted. Absolutely agree with that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Alex, do you have any, I mean, sorry, gruesome or who's gruesome? Who's twosome? What's going on here? Zach is twosome. If we, made if we go by point, their World of Warcraft character. We, we always wanted to do jerseys. I remember that. <laughs> yeah, I, I did not look up any news. So if anybody else did. Be my guest, um, but, the only uh, thing the only thing I saw was since I Google submarine films all the time is that you know that Tom Hanks film Greyhound. Yeah, the new one coming out. Yeah, so that one was supposed to be released on Father's Day to theaters. Unfortunately, oh, that would be happening. the best gift to me. But it was, uh, it has instead actually been sold from what I read to uh, Apple Plus, so it'll be coming out streaming. Hmm. 
Oh, I don't know if it's going to be coming out at the same time that it was originally okay. planned to, but I believe it was uh, quietly shopped to streaming networks and Apple um, Apple TV Plus won the bidding. There you go. So it's going to be coming out in the near future. Nice. Well, my in my, other movie news, the foreign film that we've been trying to obtain, the Belgian film Torpedo a.k.a. Torpedo U-235, renamed for the U.S., released today. So you might not know what today is, but it's Tuesday, so whatever. It's out. You can get it on Amazon right now. It's a random random Tuesday. Random Tuesday. You don't know what it is. Anyways, look for it right now. It's $8.99 to own, like $3.99 to rent, something like that. So... And it's got six whole reviews in there. I checked while we were podcasting, and it's got five stars. So nice. Out of five? On its way to greatness. I, nice. I found a quick news article that seems kind of relevant. Looks like the uh, the U.S. Navy, we just sent seven submarines over to the uh, Western Pacific, um, South China Sea. So, yeah, we got those guys over there. Get ready for On the Beach, real life. <laughs> My coworker was telling me yesterday about an advertisement he saw for a movie coming out, a submarine movie, with with the with the Nazis. I don't know what that would be. It wasn't the Tom Hanks one because he mentioned that one to me already as well, which I already knew about. Was it U two thirty five? It could have been. Okay, maybe. Did, if did not, you, did you already mention that? Know. That's the movie that the Belgian film. Okay, well. I don't know. Well, I, he, he didn't know either. I, I said follow up so I can be more informed. But since we're talking about new movies, I'm like, well, fuck it. We'll we'll roll with it. Something's something out that's there. interesting. Something if, something interesting is out there in the ether. It is. There's something going on. Uh, Jamie had mentioned theaters and that movie being shot to streaming sites. Did you guys hear about this spat between AMC theaters and oh, who's the big... Who is it? Paramount? Did you guys hear about no that or no? <laughs> they were saying that they they weren't going to show any more movies from them, right? Or something? Yeah, because the Trolls movie was supposed to be released in theaters, but due to COVID-19, they said, okay, well, screw it. We're just going to release this to streaming. And then Paramount came out and was like, wow, this movie's actually doing way better than Trolls ever did in theaters with streaming. And they say, we're going to you know, potentially release more like this than AMC, one of the biggest movie theater chains in the States. It's like, uh, too bad. We're not going to show any of your movies anymore. It's like, interesting. Makes you wonder. Gotta love it. Uh, a virus killing people is making all these companies fight. Love it. Also, guys, thanks, thanks for doing uh, my segment for me, guys. Appreciate it. Anytime. I did not do my homework, so... I'm glad you, you guys are on top of it. Oh, I think it's, it's kind of it's kind of on brand. It's like in the theme song. <laughs> you guys think I was looking up news? All right, Mr. Play ben, it. Do you have tube three ready to fire, sir? Commence the countdown. Give it to me. That's where Zach laughs. Uh-huh. That's, well, 
Not typically the laugh that I hear at the end of that theme song, but we'll <laughs> roll with it. All right. So uh, on the beach, we revisited it here. This is the remake, and we're, I'm also going to revisit our shout out last week that we shared uh, for the group over at a beer's worth of banter. Uh, they crack a six pack every week as their countdown. Uh, they count down uh, their favorite war movies or, or video games or most exciting athletes of all time. Uh, we're going we're gonna to partner up this week and we're going to count down or crack a six pack on the top six remake movies that we recommend, our favorite remakes. All right. So if you haven't already, go over and check out the, uh, the guys at Beer's Worth of Banter. Uh, they just released episode 10 where they gave us a shout out and uh, a uh, <laughs> very hilarious story unfolds there. Uh, they, uh, they crack a beer and they, they, uh, they banter until uh, they're out of their beer and uh, wrap up with a countdown. But a uh, very funny story over there. Go check them out. Uh, but for my top six remakes, uh, I'm going to be uh, sharing some of my favorite remakes in the history of film that I've had the opportunity to watch. I'm going to start right here with number six, Go Out, Check Out, 310 to Yuma, the 2007 remake that starred Russell Crowe, uh, Christian Bale was in that. Um, I don't have any notes here. Uh, I think the kid was Logan Lerman. I think that was that. Young actor. Yeah, that's right, man. Yeah. Uh, but it was a remake of the 310 to Yuma from 1957. But that was a uh, that was a good film. I enjoyed that one. Who Anyone directed that, that one? one, Ben? I don't know. Not sure. Okay. Isn't Ben Foster in that one as well? Yep, that's right. He's one of the bad guys. That is a heck of a movie. Number five, got the cat in the window. I'll see if she can, uh, if I can multitask here. She always shows up when I'm doing my countdown. <clears throat> Number five, I'm going to go with Man on Fire from 2004. This is the uh, Denzel Washington vessel. That was uh, a remake? That was a remake because Man on Fire came out in 1987, starring Scott Glenn, friend of the show. Really? Yeah, I didn't know that was a remake. I didn't yes. either. Scott Glenn played Creasy. <clears throat> Man, that scene where he goes into that club and he's got the shotgun in the air. <laughs> he's wearing that bandana and the sunglasses. That's a uh, crazy movie. Where he's cutting the guy's fingers off in the car. My gosh. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, I remember that getting a lot of attention back then. Number four. Going with, uh, just watch this most recently with my boys here, the Gruesome Twosome. Meet the Parents. Oh, God. From 2000. <laughs> starring Ben Stiller and Robert De Niro. It was a remake, if you didn't realize, of National Lampoon's Meet the Parents from only eight years prior, 1992. I didn't know that Really? Either. I had no idea. Did not know that. Wow. Yeah, very, very well-reviewed film. So actually a very competent uh, original if you guys want to uh, go back and uh, check that out. Now, have you seen that old one? I don't know if I've seen the original to any of these. Oh, okay. All right. But I might need to, because some of them actually have some pretty good reviews. I'm not saying that these are better than the original, especially this next one. This, def this next one definitely has a lower IMDb score than the original, and that is my number three, Assault on Precincts. Assault on Precinct 13 from 2005. What began as an... 
<laughs> really? <laughs> that was a botch. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, yeah, Assault on Precinct 13 starred, uh, was it Ethan Hawke, I think is his name, uh, Lawrence Fishburne, uh, Maria Bello was in there, John Leguizamo was in there. Uh, but the original was a John Carpenter film, John Carpenter's Assault on Precinct 13 from 1976. That's Jamie's guy. Yeah, Jamie's no, you see that one, Jamie? It might, I have. It might get mentioned again. It's a little slow. It's a little slow. That's all I remember. The original? Yeah. A little bit. Number two. Atmospheric. I, say, I guess I'll be kind. It's atmospheric. Really, this top three really speaks, uh, really cuts to the heart of Jamie, I feel, because number two, I'm going with Dread from 2012. Oh, interesting. Which was, of course, a remake of Judge Dread from 1995. And this one, one also has our boy well, no. Asante in it. Yeah. And Rob Schneider. And Jurgen Prochnow and Max von Sydow. Wow. So literally everybody. What's everybody, going on? Everybody's shy of that hair. We're Dread or Judge Dread. We're talking about Judge Dread, the original. Right. Original film. Judge Dread. Armand Asante, Rob Schneider, Jurgen Prochnow, Max von, von Sydow. You got a crew ready to, to man a submarine right there. You do. Diane Lane, have her play Tokyo Rose. Boom. You got a stew going. So that wasn't like a sequel? That was a remake? That was the original. The uh, the, the the remake was not a sequel, no. I don't think you would call it a sequel. Uh, but had my boy Carl Urban in it and uh, Lena Headey. Oh. Yeah, Game of Thrones. A, okay. Yeah, really, really good. You should check it out. Good beer and wings film. Uh, and then finally, my number one. We mentioned him already earlier. We're going with John Carpenter's The Thing. This was introduced yeah. to me mm. by Jamie the Brain or slash Jamie the Ointment here. Uh, checked this out recently for the first time ever, and I was blown what? away. Awesome, so good. awesome, awesome movie from 1982 was now, a remake from of the thing from another world from 1951, yeah. which was like a plant, so very different. But yeah, sp- special effects in John Carpenter's The Thing, off the chain, practical and just effects, so good. Like the practical effects are just so so good, and kind of ends in a in a fun creepy way. Um, pretty great. I, I'm a little surprised. So no Godzilla 1998. <laughs> no, no I, Godzilla movie has made my cut. Sorry, guys. And, and like Wicker Man, nothing. Oh. No, love? no, I oh. didn't see them. That was that was a remake. Didn't they remake The Hobbit? Wasn't that one of the original movies way back in the day? Oh, uh, they did. And what about uh, what about True Grit, man? <sighs> That's a good one. I I haven't actually seen the 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 original for that. I wasn't. I wasn't necessarily blown grit? away. No, I haven't seen the original. Oh, and, uh, dude, John I wasn't Wayne beats this horse. He's like, it's a foaming horse. can't save it now. Well, consider me sold. pretty good. But that is my top six there. My six-pack of movie remakes. Again, go check out the boys over at Beers Worth of Banter. Thank you. Uh, to conclude my my chat tonight, uh, we are going to be entering into a new movie month next month, uh, or rather next week. Uh, we're going to be transitioning over into Mega Monster Movie Month. 
So if you guys want to watch ahead, there is a nifty little film available on Tubi TV we know of that you can check out called Deep Shock, which uh, follows this, the story of some gigantic, intelligent electric eels that uh, prevent a submarine crew from detonating a bomb. That is the synopsis that Kyle has provided me, but we will be watching that. So go check it out. That's got my it's attention. It's going to be amazing. That's, yeah. <laughs> I like the sound of that. This yeah, is, it's, it's, uh, yeah. it's I, I might be not be on great. for the next month. <laughs> <laughs> I like I like the monster movies, so I'm excited. But I'm gonna pass it over. <clears throat> Pardon me. Coughing over here. Zach facts, it's Zach facts. When you're going down, get some Zach facts. When you're going down. Aren't we good? I don't yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. yeah okay, yeah. sweet. So uh, we are at what an hour and fifty six minutes. I'm gonna get through these. Don't worry, I've only got thirty eight Zach facts for you today. That's what just, we like to hear. Just kidding. I've got three. That's a Zach fact. That's a Zach fact. Maybe four if you count that. Four facts. One's done. Now I got three left. <laughs> that's not a Zach fact. That's a real fact. That's a real fact. Getting confused. It's a cop me off out track. right there. That's what that's called. We are gonna come in under two hours here. Okay. That's debatable. Fact number one. Yeah, I debate it. Director Russell Mulcahy? Is it Mulcahy? Mulcahy? Director Russell Mulcahy was asked why he didn't include more jokes in the film. He was he responded with this quote. Honestly, I don't see what the big deal is. It's not the end of the world. Oh. <laughs> okay, that was, yeah, nice. That's a good one. <laughs> <laughs> fact number uh. two <laughs> there was going to be a prequel called before the beach meals on wheels but it was shut down by the american association of peoples with disabilities <laughs> huh hmm Get the meals on wheels, why they would have been upset. Wheelchairs. Okay. Um, why specifically? <laughs> What's that? Why specifically would they be upset? Because you it's know, kind of tough to use a wheelchair on, on the beach. You know, yeah. You know, this was a prequel, so this would have showed the other countries, you know, breaking down and they would have um, been, you know, we would have, they needed food. So, you know, oh, who, who, do you, who do you Cannibals, catch? huh? Yeah. There you go. Who can you catch? My God. Okay. <laughs> Last fact. <laughs> our, our, so um, after this movie came out, obviously there was like big, you know, big films after party, right? You know, movies do this. So TMZ caught up with Armand Asante at the after party and they caught a video of him telling this joke. What's the difference between Australians on a submarine and Australians with a kangaroo? Nothing. Both get filled with. Thank you for listening to Submersion. Don't forget to subscribe for new episodes every Thursday. If you like what you heard, please leave us a rating wherever you listen. Want to interact with us? Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. 
We also love to get messages from all of you. If you have a suggestion, a comment, or just anything you'd like to share, please email us at maceastudios at gmail.com. 